Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Age of Radio. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Because it's sports talk with Cooper and Big Man. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, ladies and gentlemen, time once again for Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. This is Big Man. Joining me as always is my brother Cooper. Cooper, how you doing, brother? Doing good, man. You ready for this? Yes, sir. Shaking, baking, pace game, baby. Yes. How you doing? And we do have some rubber puck. Oh, and some rubber puck. Yes. A little bit of rubber puck. What the? Never mind. Yeah, there you go with that. But we had a great race out in New Hampshire. We got some NFL news. We also have a little college football news to discuss, too. Nice. Something that can shake up the landscape. Landscape, landscape, landscape <laughs> of the college football world. Are you ready? Let's do it. We're going to talk about the NASCAR race from this past weekend in New Hampshire. The results as follow: finishing first was Eric Amarola in the number ten Ford, finishing second right behind him and coming on strong late, but Christopher Bell couldn't quite get there in the number twenty Toyota. Brad Kozlowski in the number two Ford finished third. Joey Logano in the twenty two Ford finished fourth. Ryan Blaney in the number 12 Ford finished 5th. Kevin Harvick finished 6th uh, in the forward 4th at 5th. Sorry. Kyle Larson in the number 5 Chevy finished 7th. Ross Chastain in the 42 Chevy finished 8th. Alex Bowman, 48 Chevy, finished 9th. And Denny Hamlin got a t- another top 10 finish in the number 11 Toyota. And the cut standings as of after this race. Excuse me for a second. <clears throat> In the cup standings, we have Kyle Larson in the number 5 Chevy, number 1. Martin Truex Jr. in the number 19 Toyota, second. Kyle Busch in the number 18 Toyota, third. Chase Elliott in the number 9 Chevy, fourth. William Byron in the 24 Chevy is fifth. Alex Bowman in the 48 Chevy is sixth. Joey Logano in the 22 Ford is seventh. Ryan Blaney in the number 12 Ford is eighth. Brad Keselowski in the number 2 Ford is ninth. Kurt Busch in the number 1 Chevy is tenth. Christopher Bell in the number 20 Toyota is 11th. Michael McDowell is in the number 34 Ford is 12th. 
Eric Amarola joins the playoff bracket in the number 10 Ford at 13th. And then the uh, wild card spots, as they are sitting right now, Denny Hamlin, the number 11 Toyota at 14th. Kevin Harvick in the number 4 Ford is 15th. And Tyler Reddick in the number 8 Chevy rounds up the top 16 for the playoffs. So we're going to talk about what happened in this race. Let's do it, brother. <clears throat> With Eric Amarola's win, there are now three remaining spots in the NASCAR 16 driver playoff. There are only four races remaining before the playoffs start, and things are getting tighter for Denny Hamlin, who still has the highest points total for non-winners, but there's still a possibility Hamlin can miss out on the playoffs if there are three more new winners in the remaining four races. Amarola's win also knocked Austin Dillon out of the playoff for the first uh, for the time being since he was only trailing uh, Tyler Reddick by five points. Amarola also held the hold off a hard-charging Christopher Bell, holding on to win by .657 seconds. Amarola gets Stuart Haas racing its first guaranteed playoff spot of the 2021 campaign. Cooper, your thoughts on the race from this past weekend? Man, Hemlin, man, you better watch out, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, he's only got a couple more races left, and uh, he'll be crap out of luck. He can be, definitely. I mean, this sucks for him, dude. All right, he's been dominant for a while in this this racing season, but he's just not crossed the finish line in first place, and uh, he's probably running out of opportunities with these four races left. But good for Amarillo, that's pretty cool, dude. Yeah. So He jumped from uh, 27th in the standings all the way up to that uh, uh, 12th spot. I mean, yeah, I mean, think about that. I mean, that's all it takes is one race to put you right there, dude. Right, it does. So, uh, you know. So, Hamlin's still got a shot, but there's some good Still drivers. got a shot, but he's got he's got to work his ass off to get there, yes. dude. Yes, he does. He's still got Kevin Harvick, Tyler Reddick, and Austin Dillon sitting right behind him. And all three of them have the capability of winning some races. Oh, yeah. So, we'll see what happens uh, as we move on towards the playoff. Definitely going to be interesting, brother. Yes, sir. So, Brad Keselowski has a new racing home for the 2022 season. He'll be a driver and minority order for owner for Roush Fenway Racing. The move comes shortly after the July 15th announcement that Austin Sendrick would take over the number two Ford in 2022. Keselowski will still be driving Ford when he moves over to Roush Fenway Racing. Keselowski won 35 of his 36 career victories for Penske and also won the 2012 Cup Championship. He'll take over the number six Ford at Roush, currently driven by... Um, Ryan Newman. There we go. Sorry. <laughs> I forgot who was the driver for a second of the number six car for Roush. So, Cooper, your thoughts? Hey, man. As long as he's moving on to greener pastures, mm-hmm. doing his own thing, that's pretty sweet. Yes, sir. I find it interesting that he's taking over for Ryan Newman. From what I've read so far from NASCAR.com, that Newman is considering possibly just moving to a part-time schedule. Um, at this time, Roush is only going to run his um, there are two cars that they currently have, the number six, and um, I believe it's the number 17 car, if I remember correctly off the top of my head. I didn't write it down on here. But uh, that will be uh, interesting, to say the least, to see what happens uh, moving forward with Ryan Newman if he moves into that partial uh, racing schedule where they could actually just have a car on occasion be available for him to drive certain races that he uh, would like to race. So. Yeah, man, I mean... After the, after that wreck he had a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. you know maybe he's trying to take a step back and mm-hmm. focus on his family and do other things too. Yes, yeah. Newman actually has an engineering degree from the University of Purdue, so he's actually very smart. He's got capability of going outside, of course, 
of NASCAR if he wants. Um, obviously, he's smart. He could probably join an ownership group, maybe go into the uh, headquarters of Roush Fenway Racing and help him out. Yeah. On the business side, he can also move over to the announce side of NASCAR and be a NASCAR announcer, especially... Um, I believe it was Fox we were talking about earlier has lost Jeff Gordon starting next year because he's going to move into that vice president's role over at Hendrick. So. Yeah, man. so we'll see what happens with this. Yeah, there's quite a few opportunities for him. All right, so we're going to move from the asphalt to the ice. Let's do it. Tonight, the Seattle Kraken will officially have a roster as they will be picking 30 players in the expansion, expansion draft. The team must draft 14 forwards, 9 defensemen, and 3 goalies. Their selections must account for 60 to 100% of the NHL salary cap, which will be $81.5 million, the same as this last season. Excuse me. They have quite a selection to choose from. For example, Washington uh, Capitals forward Alex Ovechkin, Montreal goalie Carey Price, who was just in the Stanley Cup. And speaking of the Stanley Cup, Tampa Bay forward Yanni Gordo, or Gordy is also available as well. The Seattle Kraken have an excellent opportunity to put together a quality team that could be competitive for a playoff spot next season. Their selections are from only the 30 out of the 31 other teams, as Vegas is exempt from the expansion draft as they are a recent expansion team themselves. So Cooper, the Kraken, becomes more official once again tonight. I think you're more excited about this than I am, bro. I just like the Cause name. Because you, you just want to say it. Just say it, dude. You know you want to. Release the Kraken. <laughs> exactly. So this is pretty cool, dude. The fact that they've got their, their big names on there. Uh-huh. Um, you're right. They could put together a team. We could see a playoff uh, playoff contending team next yeah. year. I'm not saying that they're going to do the same thing Vegas did, make it all the way to the Stanley Cups their first year of the after the expansion draft they had. Yeah. But... With the available players that are out there, a lot of good quality players that you could possibly see a playoff chance opportunity, and anything can happen, especially if you got someone like Carey Price, who was just in the Stanley Cup. He's 33 years old, but even um, goalies can have a late uh, career resurgence, and he, he wasn't terrible for Montreal Canadiens. It was just the Tampa Bay Lightning are actually a really well put together team. Which is weird to say because this state is not a hockey state. Yeah. But in nonetheless, they are the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions now. And thus, so, Carey Price has that capability of leading him. There's a, a, quite a few other um, goalies available that could also be helpful. Um, uh, I believe the, it's Jonathan Quick, I believe his name is the LA Kings goalie. Um, he's been to the Stanley Cup before. So he knows what it takes, so he is a few years older than Price. But like I said, goalies, even in their mid to late 30s, can have that uh, resurgence and lead your team. So it's really the hotter your goalie, the better. So, And uh, they got a good opportunity to do at least make some noise in their first year. Yeah, man. I can't wait to see what happens. Can't wait till they release the crack. I know. It's going to be great. And if you don't have that at all... Seattle, you might as well just forget it and just close the team and <laughs> move it. We'll take a team out in Jacksonville. We'll call them. We'll keep the Kraken name and we'll make sure we have released the Kraken. Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> At least then I can go see the hockey team. <laughs> Even though there is hockey there, we should go to a hockey game. Just we should, man. That'd be fun. All right. So we're gonna move from the ice rink now to the gridiron of football. Are you ready? Let's go. 
All right, the Los Angeles Rams were hit with injury news yesterday as the team announced that running back Cam Anchors tore his Achilles tendon and will be out for the year. His injury comes at a terrible time as the team would would be gearing up for training camp soon. Um, I believe it was next week is when their camp becomes officially starting. This also leaves the Rams thin at running back with just Daryl Henderson, Xavier Jones, Raymond Callis, and Jake Funk on the roster. Akers started coming on strong late in the season last year and clearly became the team's lead back. Of the four remaining running backs, three out of the four were either seventh-round picks or undrafted free agents. The team does have some options available in free agency in the likes of Adrian Peterson, Frank Gore, and Duke Johnson. Peterson and Gore are up there in age and are also power backs, whereas Johnson better fits McVay's offensive style of more of a speed scat back. And also, Daryl Henderson is the only running back on the roster that actually has a career carry in NFL action. Cooper, your thoughts on my poor team's freaking news, man. Man, most times I'd say you were a homer for bringing in the uh, the Rams right there off the bat, but I'm sorry for you, brother. This sucks. Uh, Cam Akers, you know, made a good shot at it last year, and it sucks to see him get hurt, dude. And, you know, what do they do? Do they bring in one of these older guys, or do they go with Duke Johnson and and try and make something happen. Who knows, man? Yeah. I still think a- AP may have some some juice. Yeah, I think so. I like AP for the simple fact that he's a power back. Henderson's a little bit more of a. And what, what you gotta like about Frank Gore to, though too? I know he's also injury prone sometimes, mm-hmm. but he is experienced. Yeah, that's and what I like about both. He's him a big and dude, so. That's what I like about him both and Peterson is they have that veteran leadership quality yeah. that you would want to help this young, very young core of running backs. Oh, yeah. Um, I was actually clamoring for Adrian Peterson before Cam Akers' injury just because I would like to have that veteran presence in the running back room to help these young guys oh, become yeah. better I think, established. I think that if you would have had him sitting behind Akers, mm-hmm. that would have made the difference for Akers. Yeah. I mean, maybe that maybe that would have made the difference for the injury too. Could have happened. So. Um, but there was also talk that possibility of the Rams kicking the tires on a reunion with Todd Gurley. Ooh, that, that I was a little intrigued nice. by that. My only problem is that that relationship had a little animosity ending, and that might be a. Eesh. Could yeah. be some bad blood still there from families argue, but you know what. At the end of the day, you're still family, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's one thing about football you have to understand, too, is I know it's a business, but at the same time, when you've been in these locker rooms, you've been with these men, yeah. it's like a brotherhood. Yeah. So maybe we might see this happen. That would be cool, but you are right. If there's animosity, you, you don't know, so yeah. we'll see. Right. But uh, definitely intrigue, uh, and of course, then the Rams, like we said, have four running backs, and they might not even bother. You know, might just let the young guys try and duke it out for it. Yeah, yeah let let Henderson kind of be the lead guy, and and see if anybody challenges him. Uh, they were kind of high on Jake Funk. Um, I mean, I give him a little respect. He's not trying to be weird about it, but he is a white running back. You don't really see those much anymore. And yeah, it'd be kind of nice to see him maybe make a statement what the opportunity he's going to get now we'll never know there you go uh, i don't think he's going to be christian mccaffrey <laughs> but at least he gets an opportunity yeah 
All right, while the Rams are dealing with injury, the rival, the San Francisco 49ers, have announced the contract extension of one of the best inside linebackers in the game, Fred Warner. The two sides agreed to a five-year, $95 million deal with $4.5 million guaranteed. The ex- this extension makes Warner the highest-paid inside linebacker in the league. It's very much deserved, as Warner has easily developed into one of the best linebackers in the whole uh, league and finally made his first Pro Bowl and was also an All-Pro selection. In his first three seasons with the Niners, he has averaged 122 tackles per season. He has also developed into a top passing defending linebacker, which put him near the top of the league by pro football focus. So, Cooper, not only am I a homer for my team, I will show respect to my rival, and you know how much I don't really like the Niners, so that was a little hard for me to read. (laughs) But um, I give them their props. Got to give them the credit for that one, dude. They could they kept the beast on their on their linebacking core, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, sometimes that's what you got to do. You got to spend money to, to keep somebody good, and then I think this is a good deal here. Yeah, I do too. I think it's going to be great. Uh, it's a, obviously generational changing money for Fred Warner and his family. Oh yeah, man. Which is always <clears throat> good for them to get, and uh, you know, he. I'm not ready to say that he's. Um, as good as um, oh god, their last really good linebacker. Sorry guys, I usually know these better. Um, what's his name? Yeah, their really good middle linebacker that they had for the longest time, who terrorized the Rams. Freaking escaping my name. The name's escaping me right now. But anyways, I'm not saying he's gonna be on that level because a lot of people think that <clears throat> he was one of the best linebackers in recent times to play the game but he's definitely got an opportunity to showcase himself why can't I think of the name I don't know I don't know bro and I couldn't help you because uh, <laughs> I'm slow <laughs> I can't think of the name that's killing me it's really bad because I know I freaking know who it is anyways alright moving on the Pittsburgh Steelers added to their edge rushers with the signing of Melvin Ingram the veteran pass rusher signed a one year deal Ingram was limited to seven games last year in Los Angeles with the Chargers, where he spent the last nine. Who he spent the last nine years with? Um, of course, they weren't always in LA for those years. Ingram replaces Bud Dupree in Pittsburgh, who left via free agency to the Tennessee Titans. If Ingram can stay healthy, he and T.J. Watt will make a nice combo rush for the Steelers' defense. So Cooper also shows your team some love with a good signing right there. Oh, definitely, dude. Uh, this this also. You know, it takes a little pressure off of T.J. Watt because, you know, I mean, I know he likes to be that guy that he wants to lead the, the linebacking core. You know, the dude is crazy. So to have this veteran on the team to help out and not only that, but set us up maybe even for next year. I know it's a one-year deal, but you got to think about it like this. We need draft picks. Yeah. Draft picks, baby. So, I mean, this works out and get, and buys us some time. Yes, it does. So, I'm, I'm happy with this, this signing, and, and we'll see where it goes. Yes, sir, we definitely will. It's definitely intriguing. And Patrick Willis was the name of the linebacker for the Niners. <laughs> there you go. Dang, man. Just, to, just took you a second. Yeah, more than a second, but I got it. But Patrick Willis, thank you. Brain finally went, duh. It went, duh, duh, duh. Anyways, but yes, I'm looking forward to this. So, that... To me, that helps TJ a lot now that you can't just roll over your um, um, line assignment, blocking assignments, just to cover TJ Watt. You have to deal with Mel- Melvin Ingram, who is, when he's healthy, a very top-notch 
Um, it, definitely a top 10 edge rusher in this league. So that definitely helps T.J. Watt. As long as we have a healthy Melvin Ingram, I expect a lot from this pass rushing duo for Pittsburgh. All right, so a report from Adam Schefter that Aaron Rodgers turned down a contract extension that would have made him the highest-paid player in the league was just recently announced. The deal would have kept him in Green Bay for the next five seasons and thus would have kept Jordan Love on the bench for the foreseeable future, unless Rodgers, of course, had gotten hurt. It appears officially now that Rodgers' time in Green Bay is up and it's just a matter of when that will be. There have been reports out of Denver that the Broncos are monitoring the Rodgers situation in Green Bay. Though Colin Coward had admitted that the Miami Dolphins would be a would be wise to nab Rodgers, which would vault the, the team into competing with the Bills for the division, as well as the ability to possibly take on the Chiefs for the conference championship. Cooper, mm. your thoughts on the saga that is Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers? Interesting. Uh, I I think if he wants out, let him out, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been we've been talking about this for for months now, and uh, you know it's. It's a bad situation. It doesn't look good on the Green Bay Packers when, when you know the man wants out. You know he doesn't want to be there anymore, and you're persisting to try and persuade somebody to be there that doesn't want to be there. I would rather go for somebody that wants to be with your organiza- organization uh-huh. and, and just move on. Right. I mean, sometimes that's the way that, that's the way it goes. I mean, eventually Peyton Manning moved on from the Colts. Yeah. So, I mean, come on, guys. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, we saw it just recently. Tom Brady moved on, went to Tampa Bay. Yeah. And, I mean, come on, right? And why not try to lose him for something instead of where the Indianapolis Colts, even though they did get the first round overall, first number one overall pick, and got Andrew Luck, and then. But the temp where it came to New England, they lost Tom Brady for nothing. Yeah. So it's like trade him, get something. I would if I'm especially if um, I'm the Dolphins, I'm offering up Tua. Um, I know I'm having issues with my top one of my top cornerbacks is Xavier or Xavier <clears throat> Howard. Maybe offer him. My biggest problem with this too is from a front office standpoint. Mm-hmm. This looks really bad on you. Yeah. You're not you're not budging, you're not you're here, here's another contract. He's already stated he don't want to be there. And obviously he's not gonna sign this big ass contract. Right. Let him go, dude. Yeah, just and try to it move doesn't on. it doesn't look good on you at all. Yeah. I mean you could go with Denver, you can get some young receivers, you could go with Miami, you can get another quarterback with competition for Gordon Love. Between Tua and Jordan Love, you could I mean, possibly get. I don't know get... what they're so worried about. I mean, he's he is older. He's on the back half of his career. Yep. Look toward the future. Yeah, and you could possibly have two quarterbacks to look towards the future with. I mean, you could still get one out of Denver too. I mean, you can either get Bridgewater um, to help at least if you want to give Jordan Love the opportunity. Bridgewater can sit behind him and be that veteran leadership to help him, or you can bring it, or you can have him trade to Drew Locke, and then you have a nice young quarterback to have a competition with. Either way, it's kind of, to me, it's a win-win situation for Green Bay. You get out from the headache. I know everybody's like, well, the dead cap hit. We already know if you designated a post-June 1st trade, which this is now officially would become because obviously we're in July 21st, you could split that cap hit over two seasons and it's less of a headache. So to me, honestly, I would try to make the best out of the situation and move on from Aaron Rodgers. 
who definitely wants to be gone. Yeah. All right. Uh, and finally, a report has surfaced that the University of Texas and Oklahoma University have inquired about joining the SEC. With talks about playoff expansion to 12 teams, there is a real possibility that schools will look into conference realignment. If the Big 12 were to lose both Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, the remaining team's best bet would to be discussed joining with the Big 10 or Pac-12, though West Virginia would probably have to try to join the ACC. There have been reports that if an expansion becomes a reality, we've heard reports that Notre Dame has had discussions with the ACC to become a full member school with their football program. Cooper, we're talking about a seismic shift on the college football landscape. This changes everything, dude. I mean, changes rivalries, changes everything, dude. And especially if you're going with a new, a new, you know, conference. If you're going with the ACC or, you know, SEC, mm-hmm. you, you, Texas, and Oklahoma, and Oklahoma in the SEC, baby. Mm-hmm. That'd be nuts. So basically, you would have four former Big 12 teams in your conference. You'd have Missouri, A&M, of course, we were already there, Texas and Oklahoma, big-time schools, uh, big programs, of course. We know the history of both schools. Um, Texas is not what it used to be, but it's still the name and the but prestige. But it still could be. Yeah, it still has the potential. And, of course, if you're the SEC, Texas is already one of your hotbeds in recruiting. So now can you imagine how much better it could easily be for you? Hey, come to us. We play Texas almost every year that you'll be there. And you'll almost get two games in Texas. Or same with Oklahoma. I mean, not only that, but Texas is a football state, dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the way from Friday Night Lights. I mean, heck, we've seen... We've seen movies about it. We've seen series about it. I well, mean, cool yeah, we've well, seen when we also saw Friday Night Tights when it was talking about the Pee Wees down yeah, there. Man, they're, they're, they're Football all is life. Out it down there. So this this is big for Texas and big for for you know the for the whole state. Yeah, I mean, them kids are like now they got something to look forward to. Like, oh, we're gonna be a part of this. Yes, the SEC. I mean that's that's a big conference and that's that's the biggest one. So yes, it is, and then of course then make the SEC the first super conference and have sixteen teams, which would be astonishing to think about when you think about it. Really, it's so like, we'll see what happens. Dude, this is very very interesting and could change the landscape of college football all the yeah. way around. Well, so. it's going to change the landscape and just the short fact that. You're going to possibly have to see, like, Alabama switch to the East Division. Which means the Georgia Bulldogs and the Florida Gators are going to have Bama to deal with more constantly. Than almost like, I think it's like every other year they really play each other. Yeah. That can make things, that whole, the landscape just in the SEC itself is going to be intriguing. Yeah, that could push some teams out, too. So we'll see what happens, man. We will, and it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens, to say the least. Um, reports are um, it's just a feel-out. There's no truth. Well, not saying there's no truth to it. None of the – neither school – But none set in stone. None of, neither school has commented on the situation, and nor has the SEC. Well, that's good. So, as long as they're – I mean, that's the way they need to handle this. Let, let's keep this quiet until – the deal is sealed, and mm-hmm. you know, 
Because then, then, then there's no miscommunication. There's no, you know, oh, well, da 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 you know what I mean? So this works out. Yeah. I, I like it when they do business this way. All right. The only hang-up I find with the SEC in Texas is going to be the Longhorn Network. Um, that's what kind of prevented from the Pac-12 of really going after Texas hardcore because the um, Texas wasn't going to give up its Longhorn Network as it just had recently announced its deal partnership with ESPN. So at that time, and which then Oregon, I mean not Oregon, the Pac-12 um, backed off trying to go after Oklahoma and Texas. So it's going to be interesting because obviously the SEC has their own network. The Pac-12 was doing it because they had their Pac-12 network that were trying to develop at the time and trying to bring in those extra schools. So if that's going to be the hang-up, we'll see. I don't know. There's no guarantee that it could possibly not be worked out in some way. Because here's the other thing with that. The SEC network is now backed by ESPN, which then we also know is backing the, uh, the Longhorn Network. So they might be able to, quote-unquote, parent the Longhorn Network. Still kind let it be... bypass everything. And... Kind of let it be its own little network still under its own, but under the umbrella of the SEC network. Yeah. Of course, then if that happens, we'll probably eventually see... Uh, tide network for the for Alabama. We might see a Gator network at some point for Florida because Florida is big enough to have a Gator network. They're not just football. They've done well in basketball, as we all know. They've done very well in baseball, even in recent years. Oh yeah. Um, I think even their softball team has been close to national champions. So you know it's not. And of course, Florida is one of the top um, track and field schools, but out out here in the country. Uh, besides, of course, we all. Well, we don't all know, but I know that Oregon's probably the top because we call yeah. ourselves Track Town USA for a reason. But I'm just saying, Florida is usually right up there in track and field, and so they also obviously have an opportunity with that. And so it could be interesting to see how they play it out. But I I like the possibilities. It's going to make things very intriguing. Oh yes, I cannot wait to see what happens. And I kind of hoping that they can finally do it and force Notre Dame into a flipping conference their bougie freaking attitude of we are notre dame we don't need a conference get into a conference woman <laughs> <laughs> dang anyways i'll get off my high horse now then, then there's that right <laughs> so this is going to be interesting dude i cannot wait to see what happens in the next season um Yep. You know, in the in the coming weeks, I mean, they might have this sealed and dealed before the season starts. They said that there could be a possibility of an announcement if things start snowballing into a, into a deal that an announcement will be made in the coming weeks, probably before the season kicks off, so that way they have an idea of what's going on within the future. It's going to, I like I said, it's going to make things very interesting. It's going to change recruiting landscapes. It's going to change the college football landscape. All sorts of things are going to happen. I mean, basketball will be I think huge this too. Is good, dude. This is good for, for everybody. I mean, it, and what I do a like good too. Change, you know what I mean? What I do like. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. 
we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Two is you're also bringing in Texas and Oklahoma, which have been actually good in the basketball programs. You finally have a true competitor outside of, say, Florida um, to Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, man. Basketball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is going to be awesome, dude. Yes, sir. So I definitely can't wait to see how this affects everybody going across. Uh, like I said, the Pac-12 can be beneficiaries of getting some of the remaining Big 12 teams. Uh, the ACC will probably pick up, um, like I said, probably have to pick up West Virginia because obviously the I, they could still go to the Big 10. I didn't really think of that as a possibility because I keep forgetting that the Big 10 has Rutgers, which makes absolutely flipping no sense to me, a team in Jersey in the Big 10. But, and then again, Penn State seems a little too far-fetched too, and yet they have Penn State, so... You know, it yeah. is what it is with that, I guess. So, I mean, so West Virginia is not totally screwed. I just don't see the Pac-12 having the Pac-13 plus one on the East Coast. <laughs> I really never got the Big 12 um, movement for West Virginia to begin with, honestly, because most of the Big 12 is right there in the Midwest, and then they have to go occasionally over to uh, Black. No, not Blacksburg. That's Virginia. Um, for Virginia Tech. Um, whatever. Um, yeah. In West Virginia, anyways. <laughs> go all the way up to go over to West Virginia to go play them. So, anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's going to be interesting. Can't, yes. can't wait to see what happens in, in the next you know, couple weeks. And, mm-hmm. and uh, we're getting ready. Getting ready to gear coming. up for football and training camp, oh, all sorts yes. of stuff, dude. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Yep. You know, we're getting ready. Yeah, what is it? Uh, we're getting ready for, oh, what do, they, what do they call that? Training camp? I guess that is training camp. Oh. Yeah. Why am I drawing a blank? I said <laughs> training camp, and then I went back and retracted what I said. It was like, uh, I don't know, guys. I'm tired. Yes. So, of course, the... We are officially 15 days away from the Hall of Fame game. Pittsburgh Steelers take on the Dallas Cowboys on August 5th, baby. Yes, baby. I can't wait. Looking forward to football season. I've been missing the crap out of it. I think starting next week, I think you and I will start doing a division-by-division breakdown and see who we have winning each division. Yes, sir. And uh, watch out because this next year, Big Man and Cooper, we're going to start going to – some some events and start mm-hmm. having more fun and just trying to get back to that normal life. Yes, sir. Can't wait. Because big men's getting a job change. <laughs> and they know, so I don't have to worry about them hearing about it. <laughs> they already know. Yep. <laughs> current job note. Well, my current job. Yeah, my current job knows that I'm getting the new job. So, Which means I'll have more time, technically, because my weekends will be open. Yes, to go sir. do some fun things. Yes, sir. So excited. Can't wait. All right. So that does it for us here at Sports Talk. And as always, keep Keep on on talking sports. Hey, everyone. This is Big Man. This is Cooper. We hope you enjoyed our latest episode, but be sure to check us out on our social medias. On Facebook at Cooper Big Man. Our Facebook page, Sports Talk with Cooper and Big Man. On Twitter at Cooper underscore Big Man ST. On Instagram, also at Cooper Big underscore Big Man ST. At TikTok at sportstalk.cooper.bigman. Or you can email us at sportstalkwit 
Cooper in Big Man. That's Sports Talk. W-I-T, Cooper. The letter N, Big Man. And that's at gmail.com. Thank you for tuning in, and we love you guys for checking us out. Be sure to catch us on our next episode.